Father, we just come before you tonight. Thank you, God. What an honor and privilege it is to be able to speak among everyone in here. God, I just pray that people would have an encounter with you tonight like never before. May they see not me speaking, but would they see you speaking through me. May they not hear my own message, but would they hear yours, God. I pray that we would just be more than readers of the word, but that we would be doers. May we apply what we learned tonight. May we apply what it is that not I am going to teach, but what you are going to teach us, God. Thank you for this experience. This is uh, something new to me, but I'm so happy and excited and proud. And I just pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You can take a seat. For those of you who don't know me, hello everyone, my name is Sebastian. I've been coming to this church for a little under a year now, but I'm so happy and proud to call this place home and to call each and every one of you family. Tonight, I'll be talking to you about something that is a priceless life skill. It will help you in more ways than you could possibly imagine. Now, who here wants to learn a skill like that? All right. The title of this message is it starts with you. Now, something that is just so key to me is friendships, unity, love, and relationships. And that's exactly what I'll be talking to you tonight. <clears throat> and it's so near and dear to my heart because it's part of the reason why I'm here right now. It is part of the reason why I am at this church. A little less than a year ago, coming around January, middle of January, um, I was just in a state where I really was looking for deeper connections. I was looking for friends, for not just acquaintances, and I couldn't find it anywhere else in the world, no matter how much I tried. But I can tell you that I found it here. I found it with each and every single one of you. Each and every single one of you I've managed to talk to, even if it's only for a fraction of a second, and it means the world to me, because I can call you family. As children and followers of Christ, we have been called to show that same crazy and unconditional love that God and Jesus have shown. Be a good friend in a world that is not. If we want unity as a church, this is where it starts. In the relationships we have with one another, it starts with you. Look at how important you are. Even the word unity starts with you. Now, I am by no means an expert in this area. We learned months ago about types of unsafe friends, such as being an abandoner, being a gossiper, and I soon realized that I fell into those categories. I've left people out, making them feel excluded. I've said things that I shouldn't have said that have broken people's trust. Countless mistakes, but it goes beyond that. I've become complacent with just talking to people only at church, hardly ever reaching out to see how someone is doing with, and that is a serious problem. However, I imagine my story isn't too different from many of us in this room. There have been people that we've hurt, people that we've left out, trust that has been broken, people that we only talk to in church or haven't texted in a while, maybe even people in this very room. 
I want us to reflect on these questions for a moment. When is the last time you've texted someone saying you are there for them? And truly, just think about it for a second. Picture somebody in your mind. I think all of us have somebody in mind that we haven't texted in a while that we probably should after tonight. Who have we left out? Again, I say to you, I imagine that there is someone that you can think of right now. We fall into this state of, oh, I'll see them at church. But what if that person doesn't come for a week? Then we haven't talked to that person for a whole week now. What if another week goes by that they don't show up? Now it is two weeks of not talking to that person. It may seem like a short amount of time on paper, but two weeks of not talking to somebody actually feels like a long time. And that can actually ruin a friendship and a relationship. So I plead with you, understand how important it is to reach out and talk to people. That is not a real friendship and relationship. And yet that's how some of us treat our relationship with God as only a Wednesday and a Sunday thing. But I'm here to tell you today that there is hope and it is found in the word and it starts with love. If you have your uh, Bible or your Bible app, I ask you to turn to Matthew 22, 37 through 39 ESV. And also I encourage you that um, this is a message that I really think will just hit harder if you take notes through. So for any of you note takers out there, um, I think this will serve you very well. So in Matthew 22, verse 37 through 39, it says, And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Turn once again to 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Lastly, for now, scroll a little bit further down to 1 Corinthians 13, 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three. But the greatest of these is love. I'm going to repeat this again. The greatest of these is love. Notice what the first commandment was. You shall love the Lord your God. Jesus knew the value of relationships. Look at his relationship with Judas, for example. Jesus knew that Judas would betray him. And yet look at Matthew 26, verse 50. Jesus said to him, friend, do what you came to do. Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. Look at what he said at the beginning. He still called him friend. Even in the moment that Judas was going to betray him, which was the cause of Jesus' arrest, he, Jesus did not treat Judas any differently and loved him unconditionally, even still. Jesus was the ultimate role model of what it means to make sacrifices. May we learn from him. If we want to get it right with our relationships and friendships, we must get it right with who loves us more than we could possibly ever imagine. I'm going to say that again. If we want to get our relationships right, it starts with the one that loves us more than we could possibly ever imagine. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is why it's the first commandment. And 
if we want to get it right with our relationship and friendship. We do this by spending time with him in his word, in prayer, in worshiping, even just sitting in silence and listening for his voice. I soon realized how important that truly was because in a conversation, it's not always one person talking. We need to listen sometimes for what God is trying to say to us. When we get our relationship right with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our relationships and friendships with others will blossom into the way he intended for them to be. Colossians paints us a perfect picture. Turn to Colossians 3, 12 through 14, ESV. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Perfect harmony. Isn't that just beautiful? I want to focus on what verse 13 says, though. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against one another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Loving one another is not easy. It's not a feeling. It's actively choosing to do so no matter what. Proverbs tells us very clearly. Turn to Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. This is what a true friend is, born for adversity. Each of us is hard to love in our own way, and yet the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit still love us no matter how difficult we are. Be encouraged. Loved people love people. Turn to Proverbs 27, 5. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. May we be reminded of this verse, of how we are called to be friends Part of love is being honest and real with one another. Church, we must be direct and honest with one another. Jesus didn't speak truth from a self-centered heart, but out of deep love and reverence. Look at, what he, look at when he rebukes the disciples before the storm. He called them out on their little faith. He did this because he loved and cared for them dearly. Jesus knew that without faith, it was impossible to please God. And it says that very clearly in Hebrews eleven six. And without faith is it impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. If you have a problem with one another, be upfront and discuss it. People won't know they have a problem until it comes to their attention. Once they know what is wrong, they can work on that issue. We must learn to forgive. 
C.S. Lewis said, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. Now, you're probably wondering, what should I take away from today? What should I do after hearing this message? And here I'm going to tell you some practical steps for what you should do and take away from tonight. Once again, I say to you, be a good friend in a world that is not. If you want your friendships and relationships to grow, it starts with you. Pray for your friends. Cherish them. They are a gift from God. Be there for one another. It could be as an ear to listen, offering them a ride if they don't have transportation, offering to pay for their meal if they are struggling financially. Remind them of the love that you have for them so that they can never forget. Reach out, text, and call. Those that you haven't talked to or haven't talked to in a while, this shows that you love and care for them. A potential best friend of yours could be in this very room right now, but the relationship will never happen because neither of you talk. How sad is that? that you could be sitting right next to your best friend and not even know it. So I encourage you to talk with the members of this wonderful family that God has provided us here. Just as your relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit shouldn't be only in church, neither should your friendships. Don't neglect to meet with one another. Turn to Hebrews 10. Verse 24 to 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day draw near. Now, as I get close to um, concluding this message I just want you right there where you're at to bow your heads and close your eyes for a second. Now, right there where you are, imagine how it would be if each and every one of us applied what we learned here tonight. The unity that we would see in the church no more cliques no one feeling left out everyone not only experiencing but displaying that crazy unconditional love that the father son and the holy spirit have shown us that is just a small glimpse into heaven if you didn't pay attention to anything i said tonight listen here. Turn finally to John 15, 12 through 15. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for, this, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father, I have made known 
to you. I'm going to repeat this again. You are my friends if you do what I command you. With Christ at the center, our friendships and relationships will shine so brightly that all other versions will be but a flickering candle in the sun. You have the greatest of friends in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So now I ask you these questions as a self-reflection. Do you do what they command you? And really think about it. Answer truthfully right now. Do you do what you are commanded to do? Now this is not as some guilt trip, but this is something that we have to think about as Christians. Are we fighting the good faith every single day? Are we choosing Jesus above everything else? He said we are his friends if we do what we command him. Another question that I'll ask you is, are you a friend to Jesus? Because we know very clearly that Jesus is a friend to us. Jesus is the greatest friend we could possibly have. As we've heard these past couple of weeks, Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is the greatest gift and blessing in human history. And we are celebrating him during this time. But really, every single day should be a celebration of Jesus. Because he is celebrating us every single day that we choose him above everything else. Does someone have a friend in you? Truly think about that for a second. Are there friendships where it's more of you're getting something out of them rather than putting something in? Um, there's a book that I was gave a couple of weeks ago, and it talked about a relationship bank account. Um, and at the time, I couldn't really receive from it, but I, I feel I'm receiving from it right now. That sometimes for those relationships, we withdraw too much, and it's about what we want and what we need. But how often are we depositing into those friendships? And that can be as simple as just calling someone up randomly and talking to them, seeing how they are doing, showing that you are a friend to them rather than just an acquaintance. And acquaintance is something that I've, I've grown to rather shy away from because at the end of the day, an acquaintance doesn't really do anything for you. They just know of you. And that is not a real relationship. And yet that's how some of us treat our relationship with Jesus, where we just know of him rather than truly knowing him. We as a church must get this right. Be a good friend in a world that is not. It starts with you. If you received from this message and are accepting the calling to be better, this one statement that I'm about to say summarizes everything perfectly. I want to leave you with this. Live by this statement and be reminded of it and all the value that it holds. In the wise words of Woody from Toy Story, you have a friend in me. I'd just like to end my segment in prayer. So let us stand to our feet, bow our heads, and close our eyes. <clears throat> so, Father, I just thank you for tonight. Thank you for the honor it was to be able to preach 
to your house, to your family. God, I pray that, that someone received what you tried to tell us tonight. God, that this message will just pierce even the most stubborn hearts, that people will go home tonight and truly reflect on what was said here, and that this will spark change. God, that we will see unity within the church like never before, that we will begin to experience and display that love that you have always intended for us to show, love that you have commanded us to show. As I said before, loving is not easy, but it is an active choice, and we have the greatest helper inside of us, the Holy Spirit, who gives us a body of power, love, and self-control. And so may we not quench his presence within our lives, but may we allow him to flow freely, allow him to fill us up. May there just be less of us and more of you in our lives. May we not treat our friendships and relationships as only a Wednesday, Sunday thing, but may we receive from tonight's message and may this be the start of reaching out, reaching out to people that you've never talked to before to show them that you love and care for them because they are a part of this wonderful family that you have provided us, God. I'm so thankful for each and every single person that is here at Victoria Church. Imagine the growth that the church will experience when people begin to see the church the way we see it, as a family, as a home. Just imagine that. God, I pray that we will just be more than readers of the word, but that we will be doers. God, I pray that people will just have an encounter with you tonight like never before. If they didn't have an encounter with you right now, that they will have an encounter with you as they go home. For any of you that are in here and haven't confessed your life to Jesus yet, I encourage you to come to the altar right now. And I would just like to pray this over you. And I would like you to repeat this after me. Father, we come before you. Not for our own selfish ambition. But because we know that we need you in our life. And we have ignored you for too long. God, would we just come to know who you are. We confess right now of all of our sins and we repent, God. Have mercy on us and forgive us for all of our sins. God, thank you that your mercies are renewed every morning. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice dying on the cross for all of our sins. Jesus, you paid the ultimate price, and yet you did it out of love and mercy and compassion and grace for us. So we just come before you right now, confessing that you are our Lord and Savior, Jesus, that we need you in our life. God, that we need you in our life. Holy Spirit, that we need your help every single day. God, we would have absolutely nothing without you. Even the breath that we breathed, you had to breathe it onto us first. So we thank you for your mercies. We thank you 
because you are looking upon each and every single person in here tonight that is making that call, that is accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior with a smile on your face. Thank you because we are signing up for the life that is more difficult, but you are worth it. You are worthy of it all. And so I just encourage you tonight. May we reminisce on the lyrics that we, that we are hearing right now. And may we worship our hearts out tonight because God, you are worthy of it all. So let us worship right now. I thank you, God. I thank you, Jesus. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for this blessing of a night. If you believe what I say, say with me in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So let us worship our hearts out tonight. Let us reminisce on these lyrics. Truly take them in for what they mean and what they are. such a hard year 
but we can be encouraged that God has been with us through it all. From your presence and darkness and light, you are there and nothing can hide from your love. I'll never be alone. I can never escape from your presence, darkness and light. You are there, nothing can hide from your love. I'll never be alone. I can never escape from your presence and darkness and light. You are there, nothing can hide me from your love. I'll never be alone. I can never escape from your presence and darkness and light. You are there. Nothing can hide me from your love. I'll never be alone. You're my refuge. All I run to. You're my strength when troubles come. You are with me right beside me. Speak that over yourself. You are with me, right beside me. I will never be alone. I am my refuge, my refuge. You are my strength when troubles come. love and presence in our lives. May we, may we be reminded of that feeling each and every single day because it is there. No matter what you are going through, He is there with you through it all. He always provides that light at the end of the tunnel. Come on, someone. Who believes that? prayer right now, raise your hands and I will come and pray for you.
So 